Wildwood Community Church, we are for following Jesus together to the glory of God. We're for the church, for the community, for the nations, and for the next generation. To contact us or for more information, see our website at wildwoodchurch.org. Well, friends, today is a baptism Sunday. Three times a year, we, we have an opportunity to gather as a church family and celebrate what God has done in the lives of our people who have come to faith in Christ and are going to express that faith through water baptism. So that's what we're doing here this morning. And we will, in this service, have the opportunity to celebrate with three individuals who are going to be baptized. But before we do that, I want us to think a little bit about celebrating. And and let me ask you, when was the last time that you really celebrated something? I mean, jump to your feet and exclaimed, even before you even thought about what you were doing, you were making a joyful noise because of something that had happened. When was the last time that that happened for you? I know for me, it happened actually twice last night. Now, this may say something about my life, um, but, but one of those times was I was at a wedding. And when I pronounced them husband and wife, guess what happened next? Everybody in the room celebrated. They were cheering. They were hooping. That's right, hooping and hollering in the room because there was a celebration that took place. We were all so excited for this couple who was coming together that we couldn't help ourselves, but we began to celebrate. Another time that happened last night was when I got home, I turned on the Thunder game and Chet Holmgren hit a turnaround three to tie the game as time expired and I did not stay quiet. That's right, Wayne, you live miles from me. You probably heard me exclaiming in my living room. There are things that bring us to our feet. There are things that cause us to celebrate. When was the last time that you were moved to celebrate? And what was it that moved you there? Well, friends, today we're going to look at a psalm. We're going to look at Psalm 100, where inside of this psalm, we see that there is someone else that should move us to exclaim with gladness and joy. There are a set of truths that should cause us to jump to our feet and celebrate. And these are truths about our God. Because there is a God who exists, who loves us, who is faithful, who we can count on, who cares for us. Because that God exists, we, in response should jump up and exclaim. And we're going to see that from Psalm 100 today. Let me read these verses for us, and then after I I read them, we'll, we'll back up and make a couple of observations today. Psalm 100 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever in his faithfulness to all generations. Now, inside of this psalm, I want us to see a couple of things today before we have the opportunity to, to practice what we preach, literally, and celebrate around the gift of baptism today. The first thing I want us to remember is this. 
publicly celebrate the Lord together. The psalm instructs us to publicly celebrate the Lord together. Now, where do we see that in this great psalm? Well, we see it certainly in the first two verses and then also in the fourth. So where do we see that in these verses? Well, as we look at verses one and two, we notice this amazing thing that it, that it begins saying, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. There is a call to celebration, a call to joy, a call to join together in expressing that joyful sound to the Lord. After he makes that statement in verse 1, he follows it up in verse 2 by saying that we are to serve the Lord with gladness. Now, what is he talking about when he says that we are to serve the Lord with gladness? Well, he explains it a little bit when he goes on to the next line, come into his presence with singing. How do we serve the Lord? Well, one of the ways we serve the Lord is by coming together and singing praise to his name, exclaiming together the greatness of who he is, reminding one another through the words of our songs, uniting together in the joy of our hearts around who God is and what he has done. He says, after these things, we're reminded that the, the joy and the gladness that we are to express in song and in celebration and in noise together, that it is something that happens together and not separate. I love what he says there as we look down in verse 4. It says that we are to enter his gates with thanksgiving. Now, what gates is he talking about? Well, I think contextually, since this was a psalm that was given inside of the nation of Israel, uh, they would be thinking of the city gates, coming inside the city gates, but not just any city gate, coming inside the gates of the city of Jerusalem. This was a call for the people of God to, to gather together at times of festival and feast, to come inside of the gates together, and not just into the city in general, but the next phrase tells us that we are to go into his courts with praise. Now, what, what is the court that he's talking about there? I think he's, again, talking about inside of the city of Jerusalem, inside of the temple complex area, there were courts where people would gather to praise and to worship God. And so when he says that we are to make a joyful noise unto the Lord all the earth, we are to serve the Lord with gladness, we are to come into his presence with singing, there's an invitation that we would not just do that alone. We would not just have our playlist in our car we would not just do that in our living room, but we would come together as the people of God and we would proclaim his greatness together. We would remind each other of the greatness of our God as we gather together in his presence and as we lift up his name. We are to give thanks, the passage says, and we are to bless his name. Again, not just isolated and alone, but together as the body of Christ. Specifically, this was a passage that was given to the nation of Israel, and there were some certain particularities of their worship in their time. There was a city, there was a temple, and those things. We live in a different time. We live in a time where we are a part of not a nation, but we're a part of a body, the body of Christ. We have the opportunity to worship Jesus, not just on this mountain or on that mountain, but wherever two or more are gathered in his name. 
And yet the principles of this psalm still hold true. When we gather, we are to celebrate with joy and gladness the goodness of our God. Now, when we think about publicly celebrating this, just a a few thoughts to to, to share, just to kind of add into this, a few things that we might remember as we connect this to our lives. If we were to publicly celebrate together, we need to remember that this is not just something that is happening on the inside, but it's something that is happening on the outside as well. Now, I say not just on the inside, because certainly we need to, in the core of our being, worship God. Gladness begins in the heart. Joy begins in the heart. Our focus on God begins on the interior of our lives. But what we see in the the psalm is that when we begin there, it doesn't stay there. In other words, when we really get a glimpse of who God is and we are so glad and we are so joyful, it doesn't stay inside, but it bubbles forth on the outside so that others might see and know and hear and understand who it is that we are celebrating. If you were in my neighborhood last night, you knew that I was a Thunder fan. You just knew it. You didn't have to guess. You knew it. If you were at the wedding last night, you knew that we were for this union. You didn't have to guess. We were there, and not only were we there, we were celebrating. In the same way, the psalmist says that when the people of God get together, the gladness and the joy in our hearts will bubble forth in such a way that we will make a joyful noise together. We will come into his presence with singing, and the world will know of the greatness of our God and the fact that he is not just a God, but he is our God. Not just on the inside, but on the outside as well. If you've ever wondered why it is that we gather and sing, we gather and sing because the truth that is on the inside of us, we want to bring on the outside. So we call it together with rhyme and with with meter and with words on a screen so that we might sing them together. Friends, we are called to make a joyful noise before the Lord. Second thing that I want us to see is, is that it's not just intellectual, but it's also emotional. It's not just intellectual, but it's emotional. Now, I say, again, not just intellectual. It certainly is intellectual. We'll talk about this in just a moment. Our celebration of the Lord is based in fact. It is based in truth. But what the psalm emphasizes is that it doesn't stay just right here, but it moves to our hearts and it moves to our emotions. What is joy and what is gladness? But the celebration of our hearts in the celebration of our lives, which includes our emotion. Friends, it is okay to get excited about the truth of God. It is okay to get excited about what God has done. When we hear a testimony that someone is sharing of how God has worked in their life, it is okay for us to cheer. Why? Because we are excited and moved, not just up here, but in here by the work of God. Not just intellectual, but emotional as well. And a third thing that I I would add is this. It's not just home alone, but it's with others as well. Remember, he calls them into the gates. He calls them into the courts. That they would gather together and not neglect the meeting together as some in the habit are doing. But gathering together and declaring publicly the greatness of God. What a privilege it is for us to be able to gather in a room like this, on a morning like this, at 8.30 in the morning, to sing these songs, to hear these testimonies, 
to hear the word of God read, to encourage one another as we interact in the hallways, to remember what Jesus has done for us. What an amazing privilege it is to come into the presence of God and to celebrate his goodness. Amen? And so we see here that we are to publicly celebrate the Lord together. But a second thing I want us to see is this. We need to know why we publicly celebrate the Lord together. We need to know why. Why are we doing this? I mean, God doesn't tell us to just get excited about a concept, an idea. No, we're to meditate on and get to know things about God. And when we know more about who God is, it will move us to respond in celebration. That's why when we look at verse 3, it begins this way. He says that we are to know that the Lord, he is God. We are to know the Lord. Now, this word know is, is, is a, an experiential word. It's that we are to invest time meditating upon the Lord, reading his word, understanding the revelation that he has given to us with the aid of the Holy Spirit so that we might know who God is. It's not just a blind leap. Our celebration is a response to who God is. Now, we we see this echoed in the psalm when he tells us different things about God. What are we to know? Well, we are to know that the Lord, he is God. We're to know that there is a God. We, we do not sit in a world that is spinning wildly out of control, but there is a God who exists, and we can know him. That is a reason for us to celebrate. And this God who exists is the same God who made us. He, he, has, he has made us in his image to have a relationship with him. And not only has he, has he made us, and not only is there a God, but there are things about his character that ought to get us up in the morning and celebrate. The fact that he is good, the fact that he is loving, the fact that he is faithful, and we can count on him. Friends, when we remember who God is, we remember what he has, has, has done, we remember his character, Friends, it it causes us to lean in. It causes us to open our mouths. It causes us to celebrate his goodness. But not only do we remember those things, but also we have the joy of remembering not just who he is, but also what he has done in his works. Not only has has he made us, But it says that he has made us his people. We are his people. Now, what is he saying when he says that? Well, he's saying that individually, certainly, if we have trusted in Christ, we are connected to God, that he is our God and we are his people. But also there's a corporate aspect of this. There's a corporate aspect, meaning that not only are we connected to God as our God, but we're connected to God as our God together. We are a part of a body, the body of Christ. And we have the privilege of being God's people in this world. What a blessing. What an honor. What a privilege. And not only that, if if he is our God and we are his people, then he is our shepherd. We are like sheep of his pasture. He has provided for us. He is caring for us. He is nurturing us. He is leading us to grow. 
Now, what are some of the ways that, that he has, has done this? Well, when we think of the ways that, that he has served as a shepherd to us, his sheep, we think of how Jesus came to this earth and he died on the cross to take the penalty for our sins so that we might be forgiven. And on the third day, he rose again so that we might also have the privilege of walking about in newness of life. This is one of the most amazing things, the most amazing thing that God has done for us, that he has not only given us life, but he's given us new life in Christ, something we're going to hear more about in the lives of these individuals. And we praise God for that. We reflect on who God is and what he has done. It moves us to come before him and to declare praise to him. Now, when we think of connecting this a little more into our lives, again, I want to make a couple of of observations. How can we know why we publicly are celebrating? Well, a couple of things. The first thing, we can know him through his word. We can know him through his word. You know, it says back in in verse 3 that we are to know the Lord, that he is God. How do we know that? We don't know it because we hope it's true. We know it because he has revealed it to be true. The word of God doesn't just give us man's best guesses about who God is. The word of God is, in fact, the word of God who has revealed to us who God really is. So if we want to inspire our hearts, you might be here today and you might be thinking, well, I I hear what you're saying, pastor, but I don't know that I am joyful. I don't know that I am truly glad in my heart. So it's hard for me to gather with others and and just, am I supposed to fake it? No. If you find that there is a lack of joy or a lack of gladness in your heart, I would encourage you to get to know the Lord more. Dive into his work. Pray to God and ask him through his word to, to, to reveal to you who he really is. See his heart here. See his identity here. And when we remember who God is, it inspires us to respond in worship. What's your plan for diving into the Word of God? If, if you were looking for a plan, one week from tomorrow, we've got a, a, a Bible reading plan that will take you through um, the month of December. And you can see that and find that um, at our Christmas page on our website. And you can download that and uh, begin to follow along. But it will take you into God's Word for the Christmas season. If you have other plans, that's great. But when you read God's word, think about this. When you read it, you are looking to know God. That he might reveal to you his identity, that you might follow him. And a second thing that I think we would see is not just knowing him through his word, but also, just as we saw in the psalm, knowing him through his work. Knowing him through his work. Now, how do we know him through his work? Well, one way is that we think about how he has worked in my life, right? I I can think about how he's worked in my life. Owen can think about how he has worked in in Owen's life. But there is something really amazing when the body of Christ comes together and we begin to talk and share about what the Lord is doing. We realize that God is doing a lot of stuff. It's not just what he's doing in my life or in Michael's life. It's what he's doing in Amy's life and Stephanie's life. It's what he's doing in the lives of the body. And when we get together and we hear these stories, it reminds us of why we should be joyful and why we might be glad and why we might lift our voices in song and why we might stand to our feet and cheer when we hear the story of how God has worked because we are remembering what God has done. Now, how does all of that connect with this morning? 
Well, it connects with this morning because we have come into his courts with praise, right? We have gathered here today. And as we have gathered today, we have opened his word with the hope that his word would instruct us on who God is. And as we have focused on that, we are getting ready to enter into a time where we will not just have heard from God's word, but we're going to hear God's work in the lives of individuals. Across our services today, we have 13 people who have come to faith in Christ and are going to express that in water baptism. And that, friends, is a reason for us to celebrate. Now, at Wildwood, we we don't believe that the waters of baptism are, are waters that save anyone. We believe that the waters of baptism are symbolic of what God has already done in the hearts and lives of individuals. Each of those who are being baptized today are being baptized upon profession of faith. That is, they're not being baptized because they're a certain age or they just have attended a certain class, but they're being baptized because they have come to know who God is. And they have come to realize that they are sinful and separated from God on their own but that Christ came to die on the cross to take the penalty that their sins deserve so that they might be forgiven. And they are trusting and placing their faith in Christ forever, repenting of their previous life and and desiring to follow him into the future. And we are celebrating that new life this morning in this tank. And it's an appropriate symbol because when we look at this, this, this water tank that is here, we will take those individuals and we will take them back into the water and it will look like they are being identified with a death and a burial saying that jesus death on the cross paid the penalty for their sins and then we will bring them back up out of the water and when we do it will be a celebration moment a symbol that they are connected not just to the death of christ but also to his resurrection life now as we do this today we will have an opportunity to celebrate. We will have an opportunity to make a joyful noise. That's right, this is a participation worship service. Because before every person is baptized, we will hear their story, and then we will watch their baptism. And when they come up out of the tank, we will have the opportunity to celebrate God's goodness in their lives. And so that is the plan for the rest of our time. But before we get to that, I want us to take a moment just to pray for those who are going to be baptized today. And so in this service, we have three who are going to be baptized. And when I I read your names, I'm going to have you stand and then um, remain standing because we're going to take a moment to gather around you to pray. And so in this service, we have Piper, who's going to be baptized, as well as Jonathan and Zach. Now, first of all, church, let's acknowledge them. And and now I would love for us to just have an opportunity to be able to pray for them before we hear their stories and celebrate with them in baptism. And so some of there's family here who's with us today. Uh, There are friends. You might have a special connection with one of these. I would invite you now to gather around those who are going to be baptized and just pray uh, there with them for just a moment. And if you're around the room and it's, it's inconvenient or impossible to get up and make this journey, you can just kind of look in that direction or see the names of those being baptized on the screen. We'll take a couple of minutes to pray for them and then we will proceed with their baptisms today. So let's take a moment and pray.